Hello and welcome to the Unstoppable Joy Podcast, your roadmap to a joy-filled life. I'm your host, Catherine McAdam. I'm a nurse practitioner, single mom, worship leader, and a Christian minister who has also experienced the heartache of a marriage to a drug addict, divorce, and homelessness. Most of all, I'm an overcomer who can completely understand what you're going through and speak life into your situation. It is my desire to bring hope and encouragement that you too can live a life of unstoppable joy no matter what life hands you. I'm not here to give you pat answers and cliche scripture verses. I'm here to honestly share with you the mindset hurdles and the spiritual and emotional barriers I had to overcome on my journey to becoming a comeback. I believe as I share my story and those of my guests, you too will be able to find your unstoppable joy. So, pull up a chair, grab your favorite beverage, and let's get started. Hello, everyone, and I cannot tell you how excited I am right now. I have the opportunity to have Natalie Petrowski. She is somebody that I have connected with through the anthology book that I'm a part of, The Joyful Entrepreneur. And honestly, I've just been drawn to her. She just has such a sweet spirit. And so I want to have her on my podcast today to, to have her share with you um, her heart and what God is doing in her life and, and kind of how she ended up where she is now. So we are all about championing the underdog here. And um, mm -hmm. everyone has a story. And um, and I know Natalie's going to blow our socks off here with what she um, allows God to, to move through her today. So welcome. Thank you. I'm really, really excited to be here. Um, I, I want you to actually know this is the first time I'm actually doing a podcast with somebody. Um, oh, so yeah, so I'm really, this is really exciting for me um, to, and I love talking. I love talking to people. I'm such a people person, but I haven't dove into that yet on the podcast side. So um, it's really, really nice. And I'm really actually excited that I'm, you're my first, I guess you'd say um, that I'm doing this <laughs> podcasting with. So it's, wow. it's exciting. Well, new, cool. new thing. <laughs> So tell me, where are you? Uh, where are you now? What are you doing now? So right now, currently, I own and operate four businesses. Um, I own Legacy Lacrosse, which is a sports organization for kids ages four years old all the way up to eighteen. Um, I serve I probably have thirty-five plus programs in there. Um, lots of coaches, lots of kids, um, and then I own an elementary primary school, uh, ages K through fifth grade. So we do um, full-time Monday through Friday education. Uh, I also own Legacy Leaders Academy, which is a mentorship program um, organization that is for the youth. I, I specifically focus on ages middle school all the way up to young adults, actually, like probably below 25 years old. So from 13, 14 to 25. And it really is to give skills and the abilities and that and equipping them equipping the youth to be able to really show up their best selves the things that you just really can't get taught in school um, and maybe you do get taught that in in homes but sometimes these kids don't get that so I always say that with children mentorship beyond just your parents is very vital and in this day and age it's not really there uh, the world and society and school systems etc they don't really allow for for those to really be um, a part of a child's life. So I created that where it is a program they walk through. And, and at the end, especially with my older 
the older kids, the the seniors and stuff, we do even kind of like where they create a business. And then the last business that I currently own is Reliance Enterprises, which is a business consulting company. And we work with both new businesses, which kind of filters in with those young adults that want to start something. Um, we help with that. Uh, but we also, we range all the way to some of our clients are been in business for 10 plus years, multi-million dollar companies that they need resources and help in their business. Um, consult, I think consultation can kind of be misused or overused uh, in the sense of like, what are you really doing? But kind of if you're in any type of um, situation where you need, you need that. So I, I, I say I'm an entrepreneur, but, um, and I am, but I really, I just like to build things. I love to build people. I love to build businesses, obviously. And I just love to build people um, in their businesses and in their life to show up their best self. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is when you are operating in a higher place in your life, you know, high caliber people, high achievers, high performers. There's a lot of words you hear a lot about. Um, sometimes it can be misused and misrepresented. And I, I believe that if it's, if you're doing it from the right heart posture, then the world is your oyster because it's God's. And, and, and when you're posturing in the right place, which is centered and aligned with God, then you can move mountains and you can do extraordinary things. And that's not frowned upon. So it's, it's a matter of changing where you're not performing and striving. You really are aligning yourself with God, the one that created you and you're co-creating with him and utilizing your gifts the proper way. So I, I think that nowadays, um, society that we could go down all those rabbit holes. Um, everything works against us in the world, you know, in our flesh. Um, and we have to constantly realign ourselves and utilize the things in the, in the, the giftings, the, the skills, the wisdom, um, to always point back to God and what, you know, that matters because they're kind of benchmarks. But for me, it's, are we all enjoying and loving the process that we're going through? Because that's, that's, that is where we have to really align ourselves daily, right? It's not like once I get there, then I'll be aligned with God. No, it's you're aligned every day. And that alignment is what pushes you forward to be able to, to succeed and do those things that God's called you to do. So tell me, how did you get involved in all this? What is your background? Did you, I, I know you said that you were in the military, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. I, um, to before that though, I was, I was a collegiate athlete. Um, I played at Arizona State University um, lacrosse there. I was recruited very last minute, actually in high school, wasn't going to play a sport. I, I was also in band. I loved band. I, I always say that band and sports were my love languages growing up. Um, so I was one of those kids in school that I, I was friends with everybody. I, I never belonged to any group, um, which I feel like that, that is not predestined. I feel, I feel like God made us that way. Um, or made me that way, but I, I, when played, uh, was a collegiate athlete, which obviously broadened and completely changed my, my perspective, right? Your growth, your, you widen your scope in general of how you see life and how you show up and, and that high achieving quote unquote mentality, um, is, I don't want to say put to the test, but you really see like, well, what am I made of, right? Stretching your legs. And it was a huge eye opener for me, but in the most beautiful way and accomplished a lot. My team, we won the championships for our region, went to nationals for the very first time. And there's a lot of, a lot of me realizing like what I was made of and kind of putting it to test, if that makes sense. And then God really called me out of that season um, because I played hard. I worked hard. I did everything hard. You know, that's, that's my, the way I was built and created to be. Um, and so with that, you know, the enemy 
also manipulates and comes after you. And, and I, I was going down a lot of wrong paths, even though outwardly I was very successful. I worked multiple jobs. I paid my own, my own way through college. I was more than a full-time student and playing a collegiate sport. Like I, everyone was like, Oh, she's, you know, just getting after it. Um, but internally it was a real struggle of, of me finding my footing, right? You're, I, mean, I was young, right? We're only like eight, 19 and you're really allowing the world to dictate your identity, which is really what it comes down to. And, um, I had some really life altering things take place and it's the time that I gave my life to Jesus. And when I did that, he completely changed the trajectory of my life. And one of those things was to um, go to the, go in the, go in the military. And so I joined the military and I was, I served for a total of 12 years, um, did multiple deployments. It was in itself an amazing amazing experience um, that had a lot of hard and a lot of good and bad and, um, uh, you know, extraordinary things. I saw the world, um, the, the empathy, I feel like I grew for the world and understanding it that you just cannot in a book and you cannot from other people's experiences. Um, I very much think that everybody needs to touch, feel, you know, the essence of, of the world and not just, not just live in their own you know, even if it's vacation, even if it's just a mission, whatever it is. Um, but I, I really, it very much changed the trajectory of my, of my heart. And I to kind of fast forward though. Um, I, my, my, my husband, we, we got married. We have, we started having kids um, through that though. And when I was still in the military, I picked up coaching um, because I love lacrosse and people asked, you know, Hey, can you, can you coach this team? It was a high school team in San Diego. And I uh, was like, sure, I guess, you know, I love lacrosse. And the thing that was so beautiful is as I was being changed and transformed and realizing God is now putting it out there for me to kind of start using. And I had no idea, like I had no idea. And when I was coaching these girls, I hated it. <laughs> I was not, I was like, this is not what I want to do. Um, I, nope. Like I, I did, I paid my penance is what I would say. Like I, I helped, you know, and I, then the next year they they asked me to come back or, you know, six months later asked me to come back. And I'm like, ah, and I, I begrudgingly, I'm saying it, honestly, I was like, not really. Um, but they had nobody else. And then it pulled on my heartstrings. I'm like, these girls, they don't have anybody. Can't let them down. So I guess I'll do it. And then that year, that season absolutely changed my life. Um, the girls that I coached and one in particular, she, I think she kind of knows, um, how much she changed my life, but she came from a very hard background, a very hard background. And um, of course I didn't know that until we I really started connecting with her and, and pouring into her. And I was someone that she could trust. And when that trust, what happened is when I really understood. And, and I always say to the people, the coaches and the people that I train is, you know, the empathy, it happens when you really do and like it grows when you do know their stories, but you, you realize that at some point, you don't, you shouldn't have to know other people's stories to have empathy for them. Um, and I think that that's, that's wisdom. And that's, that's something that is built over time. I really believe. Um, so a lot of times we don't, we don't know what other people's story is. And then when you do, you, you really start playing back like, oh man, how did I show up? How, if I knew this information six months ago, how would I have been? Um, so this, this, this young lady, she really, really changed my, my heart. Um, 
and just, I, I really want to say it was where the moment where God really revealed to me where he was, where he was taking me and what, what all of this was about. So at the time I still didn't know it, but um, I did understand that this was like, I can't, I need more of this. Like I, this is where I'm supposed to be doing. And, and maybe it's not specifically coaching lacrosse, but it was pouring into people and seeing like how much, how much we need that and how much people need that. And especially our youth, especially our youth, they're so depleted and they're, they're desperately asking for it. And and they're going to get it somewhere, either they're going to get it from the world or they're going to get it from God. And so, um, like I said, God always trains us all up, right? Train up a child. Well, we're God's children. So there was a training up that he was doing in me um, for the next 15 years. I don't know. Um, I guess that would be say 10 or 15 years. So I, that, I only coached that team for one more season and then we moved. So that's why I didn't do it again. But I will always say that that team and um, that girl, but that team like changed my life um, and how I showed up because we very much focus on what we do and we, we really need to focus on who we're called to serve. And when you realize that, then what you do to show up for those people completely changes your, your paradigm of, of how, how life is. And so that I took that with me when I, we moved and kind of started, you know, new seasons, um, you know, you have children, like, you know, when you're in that season of, of, of being pregnant and, you know, my husband um, is still in the military. He hasn't, re- he's retiring next year, but um, let's just say our lives, he's, done almost 20 years and he's been deployed 12 times and that's not including trainings and everything else that comes with it. So the amount of time that he's been gone is a lot. Um, and so, you know, just transitioning with, uh, with being a mom and, and just the new, the new tempo, the new tempo of life. Um, but meanwhile, God was still calling me back and, and, and presenting me places that I could, um, that he was training me, I guess is really the only way and the way that I like to feel about it, because that's the way God, I feel like speaks to me. So how did you grow up in a Christian home then? Um, I did the, um, I think it's hard to, when I, especially when I talk to believers or some people at church, um, I didn't go to church. I, I, my, my mother definitely had church heart and was like, you're not there really the spirit of religion. Um, and my mom is a very, very wise woman. And I think she had, had a lot of discernment to see things that were not, were not good. We're not, were inappropriate and, and just icky in, in the world of, of the, you know, the spirit of religion. But, um, I think we, I would think we, I never really got the tools that I needed though, either to be able to, um, have the equipping and the building up in my faith. Um, that I needed, but I had, I had spiritual mothers. I like to call in my life, my best friends and parents that strong believers, Christian, my, my very first Bible that I still use to this day as it was given to me by my best friend's mom. Um, she, she, uh, it has, she even like got it with my name put on it. And there's a, there's a little note with scripture in there that I still have on the front, on the front cover of it. And, um, and so I always, and you know, God was always chasing me. God was always present. The one thing that I will say is because of that and because of the way that my, uh, my our house was, even we did pray, um, but I, I it, it wasn't as it, legalistic, I think is the best way of saying it. And the, and the religious, the religiosity of, of, I think what people really, you know, like lean on. And I think that's kind of been that, that mold has been starting to break down the last few years. Right. Um, but growing up, I was very much spirit led. Like I always 
my, I, I was always pointed to the father and, and to have a relationship with him. And so I may not have the, the scriptural and read my Bible every day, but um, I very much uh, had a strong relationship with God um, and, and knowing who I was, like, I didn't have an issue with like knowing my identity in God. Yeah. And I think that that, that played into why, if you look at my life and my childhood, I was fearless. Like I just was, it's because I knew like, if I make a mistake or if I completely biff it, God still loves me. So it's okay. And it wasn't like the book of Titus where I could go and sin and, and like, Oh, it's fine. God still loves me. Like I knew, I knew that that was not appropriate. Um, and, and even when, even one of my spirit of, uh, rebellion that I went through, I, I knew I was, I turned my back on God. But when I was a child, I, I very much felt um, drawn by the Lord. And I had people that really helped me navigate to really allow him to rest in my heart. So felt a very young age. I had the Holy spirit. Um, I just didn't have all the other, you know, theological and definitely didn't know scripture. Um, and which is a big part, right? The word is God, but I wasn't without, I wasn't without. So then when you, um, were talking about coming to Christ, um, like, so you were finishing college or in the midst of college when um, you felt like you really made that decision and turned, I guess, turned your life over, I guess, in a way, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, um, that, it's really good to talk about that because I um, I went through some a really hard season where I was accused of plagiarizing, which really it was, it was so sad and it doesn't even, but it, it took me back because I'm, I have a very strong character and integrity. Like that's not like when it, when they presented it to me, I thought that it was like a joke. I was like, what? And so when it got presented, it was actually, no, this is a real thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, this teacher really thinks that I, I plagiarized. I'm like, oh my God. And just the process, it rocked me, but I knew I, I hadn't. And it, and it of course came out that I hadn't, and I still succeeded in that class. And, um, and I still, you know, was doing really well in, in, in school. But it, it rocked me just to be like, for someone to question my character, you know, that it's like when someone steals from you, you feel, you feel like vulnerable, like uh, violated, but there, mm -hmm. I felt my character had been violated. Um, and I never had felt that before. And then not only um, two months later, um, I was sexually assaulted. Mm -hmm. And so there's another violation that. Mm -hmm. Um, quite honestly, the plagiarism was harder for me. I think physicality, maybe it's the, you just kind of go in survival mode and, and you, and there's so much more structural when something like that happens um, legally and everything that you just kind of go with the flow. You're, you're kind of filtered into how you ma uh, maneuver through that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but it was, you know, of course it obviously was life-changing um, and then not only, I think it was a month later, I think everything happened within three months, I got into a really, really bad car accident. And um, I came out completely unscathed. Like I had a bruise on my chest from the seatbelt and a bruise on my elbow from hitting, from like holding on. It was a stick shift uh, car that a truck I had that had no power steering and a woman pulled right in front of me. And so I just threw it in neutral and just held on for dear life because it was like, I knew I was going to hit her like T-bone her. Um, and she ran a light and um, there was just, it happened so quickly. There was no way for me to even try to like avoid it. And of course it was like hitting a brick wall. She, her car went flying and um, I got out, went and assisted with her. I called 911 and was like, you know, everyone's alive. Everyone's good. I need people to get here. And they're like, stay on the phone. I'm like, no, I got to call my parents. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> you know, I was very much the like order getting everyone squared. Like I was even 
de- like navigating traffic until someone else got out of the car and started helping me do that. And so I was very much in this like, um, you know, chaos and, and situation where I was just trying to, yeah, just trying to make everything, everything was good. And then once um, I had a moment to take a breath and just wait, like the chaos of the, of the whole accident had stopped for a moment and I was waiting, I could hear the ambulance coming in the, you know, the sirens. Um, I just stood on the corner of this intersection and there is no other way to describe it, but when the Holy Spirit completely overtakes you. Um, and if you've never experienced that, um, I, I pray for everybody to have that happen to them. It is the most beautiful and um, life-changing moments that you'll ever have in your life. And I, it was so powerful. I fell to my knees and I just was, I mean, probably from someone, a bystander listening, I probably was wailing, but I was, I was praying out to the Lord and my hands up, my arms up in the air. And I, I just said, like, I just knew in my spirit that I, had a true understanding that you have no control that, that we have no control, um, the way we think we do. And, uh, and to know that once you really submit your life to the Lord, then, then you, then there is a true, um, covering and a true peace that really you cannot get any other way. And I just remember on that corner, I just gave my life. I said, I don't know more. Like, I don't want to do this without you anymore. Um, and, and the next couple of days, a couple of nights were God really showing up and giving me visions. And, um, it, it rocked me. Um, that's probably a different podcast, but it was, it was definitely a, um, life-changing, life-changing 48 hours of the Lord really working through me and my spirit. Um, and when I came out of it day three, I, I just knew that I was forever changed and I knew that whatever God said to do, do it. It could be the most crazy, you know, outlandish thing that nobody can understand, but I could care less. I did not care. I, I knew that no matter what he said to do, I'm going to do it. And everyone can think I'm crazy and I'm completely fine with that. And, and he said, join the military. And I, that's another podcast of like why he told me that I do know. I obviously know now hindsight 2020 at the time I didn't, it didn't matter. It didn't matter if I knew. And that's, that's also the comfort we have to find is God directs us and and puts a lamp to our feet. And we, we don't have, we shouldn't, we don't need to know. We think we need to know because it brings us comfort and we need to control and know all all the plans because we think it's going to bring us more peace. But quite honestly, us not knowing is what brings us peace Um, because God's going to tell us exactly what we need to know. And so there's a real submission and that of just giving your being faithful, but to the one that is always faithful. God's faith never changes, never wavers. Ours, it does. It's not our faith, actually. It's God's faith in us. Um, so when you can really like follow the Lord and just, I don't know, it doesn't make sense, but I'm gonna do it. And, and you just don't ask questions that that's, that is a place I want to show up every day in my life. And have I? No. <laughs> and I have, I after, you know, has no, but um, I really feel it's a gift. The times I have like that and, and can lean back on that and go, remember that? Oh yeah. Remember how, you know, I took care of you then. Oh yeah. You know, I don't, I don't have to worry as much as I am like, oh, get it together. You think I'd be more, I'd have more wisdom, but um, yeah, it's an everyday, right? 
yeah, it's so crazy how easy we can forget the things that he's done and just like be going on our own path. And, and then we get discouraged and we're like, wait, wait a second. Like, where are you God? And he's like, well, do you remember what I did last time? I'm just trying to, he's working. And, you know, you talk about like, you know, being accused and the sexual assault and all that stuff. And, and the accident, like I had very similar things happen to me. Um, uh, right at when I was about to graduate from college, um, and, uh, you know, the sexual assault, the, the accident, um, I didn't have plagiarism, plagiarism, but, um, some other things that were, I was accused of. And so just, um, crazy how God works in our lives. And I, I think about like the similarities to, um, to Joseph in the mm -hmm. Bible, you know, and the stuff that he went through, uh, yeah. and, you know, God gave him a dream and a vision from, you know, early on. And God had to basically, you know, like he talked about putting the, the Israelites through the test. He, he took them through the wilderness to test them and to prove them, to show it was in their heart. And, and I think he did that with, with, um, with Joseph, you know, like Joseph, here's this kid and he's got all this ambition and all, he's got all this, this gifting. And, um, uh, God was like, you have to learn to lean on me. You have to learn to trust me. And you have to learn to listen and really, really know what I'm saying, because that was, he had to have those things perfected in him, you know, his humility his mm -hmm. you know, being willing to, to go through and to, to humbly follow God and be willing to like, I mean, he was humbled, completely humbled, you know, and, and then he was accused, falsely accused. And then he ended up in prison and, you know, and, um, every time he shows up and he's um, a person of integrity, even though, uh, you know, around him, everything doesn't look like it's in his favor. He continues to be faithful. And, you know, that shows in that he's, he's promoted even, even in the, the prison, he's promoted, you know, yeah. and put over the other prisoners and, um, and God uses him. He, he positions him. And um, that's just so awesome to hear, you know, God, I love the stories. I love our, the stories of how God is moving in our lives. And, you yeah. know, when we become fully surrendered to him, watch out, you know, there's nothing yeah. that is impossible with God um, when our lives are fully surrendered to him. That's awesome. Yeah. So then, so then, so I'm trying to follow this, this, this timeline. So you're in the military, you met your husband, obviously in the military. Yeah. Right? We were deployed twice together. Oh, wow. Yes. We were just friends though. We were friends. We both, I, I was very, again, like fixated on, on what God had me doing. And, um, you know, and I'm not saying I was like this, I need to go and chase a career. It was just like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to run my race as fast as I can. And if you can't run as fast as me, like it's whatever. Um, so we were just friends. Um, and he, uh, I think at this point I probably can say it cause he's retiring and he's not, we're not in, I'm going to say harm's way, but he, he's a Navy SEAL and he, he was first in the, in the fleet in the Navy first. And when he finally got accepted to go to buds, um, that like we were friends before he was a seal and deployed together and stuff. And then when he went to that training, like he had his own path of like what he'd been working on his whole life, you know, to do and be. And so, um, <clears throat> so I think for him and I, we just, we found, um, comfort in the unlikely places, um, of just both being people that, had like high caliber 
mindsets and, and what we're chasing things that were bigger than ourselves. And, um, we just found really comfort and friendship, uh, when we were deployed and, um, we worked out with a group of people, you know, we were just like our, you kind of, you know, if anybody's in the military, that's listening to this, like when you're deployed, you kind of, you find your rhythm, you find your core group of people that are in the same rhythm as you. And then we kind of went our separate ways and then God brought us back together. And when we look back, he always says like, he courted me, you know, maybe at some place he kind of did, but, um, you know, we just, we just had a real love for each other's like pursuit and what God was doing in, in each other's lives. And we ne neither one of us wanted to get in each other's way of that. Um, I don't know if we would have said that that's what it was back then, like that we were, we didn't want to get in the way of God, but it very much, that's what it was. And I think that we both say this, the beautiful thing about us being obedient to God in that season of our life is our gift his gift back to us was each other. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my husband is the love of my life and uh, we've gone through a lot together. Um, of course, like any marriage, but, um, yeah, he's, you know, a death, uh, if I can say it is something that is real. I mean, it's real for all of us, but when you're in the, the job and you're doing, he's doing the things that he does and the life that we've lived, um, it's a little closer for our, you know, um, for us. And there were some real things that God had to work through. And, um, and, you know, if something happened to him, you know, at the end of the day, I knew that he, he, he was, and is the love of my life. And so if I'm just going to enjoy and, and be blessed and, and grateful and thankful that I have him for the time that I do. And, you know, and that was kind of something that I really had to give to God and rest in that really hard. I don't say hard. It was hard, but, um, intense is probably better word. intense season of our life with his with his job um at in those years that uh that we walk through um but because of it like there's just there's just a, a piece a piece that you know don't take people for granted and don't take life for granted and another reason why it's just like oh you know time is ticking you only have so much time on this earth and god you know i want to use everything that god's given me and i want to partner with him and co-create with him and um that i just think all of those things is a constant theme in my life that just he keeps reminding me to keep pushing me and, and to like not stop running my race you know yeah yeah that's one thing that i you know as a i'm a nurse practitioner i'm a nurse practitioner so like and i've been a nurse for 15 uh, more that 17 years i guess um so you know like some death is something that you see all the time, you know, and you, it makes you, you know, in a way you can get complacent to it. Um, and you know, Oh, you know, that person's not going to do well, or, you know, you can kind of, when, like, I worked in the ICU for a bunch of years and, um, yeah. you know, and before that I worked in a ventilator unit, and, you know, just, you see a lot of like very, um, sad cases and, um, but it makes you, it makes you realize that it just in a moment, you know, we'll be stepping into the other side of this eternity. Um, and um, to, like you said, just enjoy the moment um, and know that everything, every bit of time that you have, whatever you decide, decide to do with that time, you you make, you trade off something for something else. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like, if you know, whatever it is, like whether it's, you know, investing in your business or um, your kids or whatever, you know, it, it all is investing time, you know, time investing, um, you know, is so, 
I'm sorry. I'm not really, I'm not really putting my words right here, but I'm crazy about time management and making the most of every moment that I have of the day. And I, it drives me crazy when I get to the end of the day and like, I'm like, I just feel like I wasted time on this or that. And I just like, I, I'm praying, you know, and I try to remember to pray like, Lord, you have my day and you are going to orchestrate my day. And even if it doesn't seem like I get my list done that I have, um, I want to know that by the end of the day, I've done your list, the things that are important to you. Um, so how do you manage all of this with your kids and um, all these businesses and how do you balance uh, it? Well, it's funny that you brought up time management because, you know, everyone talks about when you hear stewarding and um, scarcity mindset, right? That's all around money. But as you just said, time is far more valuable than money. And it's actually probably one of the one things that I think gets massively overlooked um, is stewarding your time. And and uh, I think the word that I always like to tie to my to time management and just and how you how you value time is intentionality. I think that um, there's a lot of people that you know to do lists or or they don't have a lot of time or they do have a lot of time. Whatever it is, are you being intentional with your time? And you know, it's one thing to show up; it's another thing to show up with intention. And so, um, and we're you know we're human. Like you, know, grace uh, grace abounds. Like we're you know I'm not saying that everything you do, the intentionality, even the word intention, I think can be misused. Um, it doesn't mean this hyper-focus, like I have to, I have to get it be perfectly in whatever I'm doing. It's just understanding that the time that I have for this said project or this, what I'm doing here, like I'm going to be intentional and in being on that, you know, and, um, and sometimes it is like super focused, you know, if you're writing a book or whatever you're doing, um, that takes a lot of, a lot of deep work, but then, you know, time with my kids, like, I'm going to be intentional when I'm spending time with them. And that means just snuggling with them on the couch and resting with them in their presence. Like that's, that's what I'm going to do. Um, and I love what you said is I think we have our, it's not even say our timetable. Yes. Our to-do lists are things that we know that need to get done. And then there's gods. And, and, and I don't think it's an either or like where, you know, they don't match up. I think that's something too, is like, Oh, if I'm, if I'm following God, then it's not going to match up with what I'm doing. It's like, no, like it's actually, he, he understands the things that you need to do. You know, he understands your to-do list. He's, he knows it better than you do. You know, you're, he knows more than you, that things you forgot. Um, so I think it is the intentionality wanting to show up every day and do be your best. You know, that's where I said the high performance. It's like just everything you do, do it with, with all your might and all your strength and all, you know, all your heart and, um, and allow room for God to sit in that. And so um, the only answer to like, how do I do it all? It's, it's supernatural. And I don't mean that like I'm supernatural and I have all these powers, like a, like wonder woman or something. It's supernatural time and, and energy and, and, um, and just resources and all that's only from God. The supernatural is God. So how do I do it all? God, because if God is telling me, I I've always said this and, um, I, I actually tell, I tell a lot of people this that are, that get overwhelmed. It's like, listen, God is never going to bless you with something that's going to take another blessing away. It's like, if it's from God, it's going to be blessings upon blessings. Like if God is calling me out to serve these children and to do these things, he's not going to take that away from my time with my own children. The first, the first kids he's called me to steward. So whenever there's an imbalance, it's because I'm doing it in my own strength and my own my own understanding and what I think the timeline should be. And so I'm always going back to 
oh my God, like if I, there's days or there is times where like things conflict, right? And you have to pick, you have to figure out which one, I don't want to say matters more. I don't have to figure that out. I just ask God, like, well, where do you want me to show up? Like, where is it that you really want me to go first um, and take, take care of? But when it, but if I'm honest with you, those times are very few. And that's because you set yourself up by using the tools and the skills he's given you to be able to manage your time and be intentional when you show up. Um, so I really don't have a lot of times that I, I feel like a confliction with my blessings. Um, what it is, is if this is a blessing, I'm supposed to go and be focused on this. That's because all the other ones are taken care of and entrusting that too. I really, really do not like when people say mom's guilt, mother's guilt. I, I think you're speaking that over yourself and that is from the enemy. And that is not some, that is not of God. Um, we, if there is something that you feel guilty about or, or you're missing out on, bring it to the Lord immediately. I, I highly, highly say this to anybody listening, bring it to the Lord immediately and ask him to show you where that is, because there's something happening there, striving, a performance, a, um, a, even an ineptness that you feel like you're not, you're not able to do something the right way. Um, and again, it all comes back to your doing, right? Some days you might have a list a mile long and all these things and everyone wants your attention and you have, um, your emails are blowing up. Everyone's calling you and God's saying, no, today is you're with me. And I go, okay. And everything else gets put on hold. And so, you, you know, you think like, oh my gosh, if I do that, then I'm going to be even more, more you know, um, like more drowning tomorrow, but you'd be surprised how God just works it out and everything because the world is still going to be here tomorrow and yeah. the things are still going to be there. And when you can learn to love the process and, and know that I'm going to show up, I got this many hours today to do the work I need to have this many hours. Like I'm just going to go and I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to give it my all. And I could go to bed at night feeling fulfilled and not being burnt out, not being felt busy and the striving and any of that. Like I, 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 if there's times where I go to bed like that, I've allowed my flesh to lead. And, and then I have the quickness of spirit be like, no, I'm not doing that. Um, because it's not about how much I made at the end of the year for, I mean, for a business. Yes. There's a place for that to know. Right. Um, but for me, I, it's truly about me posturing from a place of, of wanting to, um, to just be able to be present and be fulfilled in the present, not not be working like what what does scripture say is like don't worry for don't worry about tomorrow and forget about yesterday you know there really is you just you got to let it go and that's why a lot of my first my first podcast just letting go of something some of us don't want to let go <laughs> and yeah. some of us you just need to let go and let god yeah yeah you know i was thinking about this the other day um because um i used to be a lifeguard uh, I used to be a swimmer and all that, but, um, one of the things that, um, they train you, like if you're trying to rescue somebody is if they're fighting you, they will take you down. Um, and yes, they have to be able to trust you, you know, to, to basically allow you to rescue them. And isn't that the way it is with God? Like yep. he is trying to rescue us. We are drowning. And if we fight against him, Obviously, we're not going to take him down, but, you know, if we fight against him, it, it makes it harder. You know, it makes the process even more uncomfortable. And if we just rest, you know, if your body is truly like, um, you know, if you're at rest and, you know, you just lean back and rest in that, your body almost floats up to the top and it just mm. is more of a, you know, more at ease and, and, and more um, in sync you know, 
Um, but when we are struggling and we're striving and we're trying to do things and, you know, and we're fearful, right? You're fearful of letting go. We're fearful of letting God. Um, we can so easily, um, you know, make, make the whole thing even worse. You know, when, when uh, Peter started to drown, you know, after he was walking on the water with Jesus, he had to, you know, take Jesus' hand in order to get up out of that water. And um, if he hadn't, if he would have been like, no, no, you know, I got this, I got this, you know, but he had to call for help. He had to be willing to receive that help. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, lo I love that one. No, I love, that's my, one of my favorite stories about that, about fixing. Like some people don't know, like, how do you fixate? And I, I always use also like childbirth. Um, and I know that some men don't understand that. So the other way is like childbirth and Peter focusing on, on Jesus. It's, it is the same because it's this hyper focus of, of, focusing on our father and, and God. And I grew up going to the ocean like my whole life. So uh, I'm a pretty strong swimmer. And the big thing that my my mom taught us when we were first learning how to swim was like the, the water will always win. And there's such a, there's such a uh, um, comparison right there, what you just said of you, when you just really submit to the Lord, you just submit to the water, the waves and, and whatever it is, stop fighting it. You really, you, you're not, you're not struggling. You're not out of breath. You're, you know, a lot of people, I'm sure you know this, like people, most people drown because they panic and they just, they're, and they just get exhausted and that's why they drown. Right. And so, um, when you can just take a moment and breath and allow God and just the water to move around you. And of course, water, right. Living waters. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. isn't he so good? Everything's always connected. Um, and, but I, it's, you're so right about all that. Like, I really love that analogy because that's just find yourself where you're just floating in the, in the water. And if you don't know how to float in the water, you should learn because that's a great way of just like letting and submitting to submitting to God and allowing the waters to flow around you and, and not to fight it and, and yeah. to not fight it at all. And with Peter, he, it really was, it was, um, and I'm going to get it wrong, so I won't go into it, but it, it's the storm around us that we, you know, when you take your eyes off God and you're looking at the, and you're looking at the scary, the scariness of everything is when he started sinking. And it was like, keep your eyes focused and don't allow what you're hearing, you know, to, to alter you focus your eyes on the one. Um, and, and you know, and your eyes are the, are, are the windows to your, to your soul. Like there's a reason for all of that. It's all connected. And when he kept his eyes, he, he didn't sink. And so, don't sink in your life, right? Don't sink in your time and your daily schedules. It's like, if you feel yourself sinking, it's like, you know, I just even said it this morning, I was going over stuff um, with uh, someone that works for me. Like, oh my gosh, our list is so long. I was like, okay, how do we eat an elephant one bite at a time? I mean, that's the saying I always say, because it's, it's kind of a little bit morbid, but, um, <laughs> but I don't want to eat an elephant, but it, it really comes down to like, I, okay, there's a lot I got to do here, but I'm just going to recenter myself on God and just look at him and everything will just start to work in place. Like I, I don't want to be working and, and climbing myself out of this hole or of time and a whole of these, of this to-do list. Like I just want to let the water fill up and I'll just hang out and float until it comes to the surface and then I can get out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, and I don't know if you're feeling this too, but like, um, just we were talking about, you know, death and, and, and basically that's like, the end it's basically the end of our our ability to uh, do to do things physically here on earth right yeah yeah and it's almost like you know like so many um my husband really loves sports and so watching so many of these you know football games and stuff and 
it's like if we just had more time if we just had yeah. more time then then we could have we could have won if we just had more time and it's like you know when we come to the end of our life it's like if we just had more time if we just had more time and, and i want to live my life to the to the second right to that last second i want to be like you said like when i cross that finish line being like you you won the race you did it you did it with all your might and you pushed hard to the end <laughs> the no hey like Jesus is the way. This is not about me. It's not about Natalie. It's not about any of our stories. It's all mm -hmm. about Jesus and what he's done and how he's redeemed us from, you know, from ourselves, from our past, from all these things that could trip us up. Um, do no, you you're, I, yes, do you yes. I, I, I think that's where, I mean, the end of the day, what it comes down to is when you've, you've made it about yourself that's where the striving and the performance comes down. But when you make it about him and when you put all that in there, like I, like from the outsider, they may look at me running my races as a performance or striving, but the heart posture, it's, it's, it's not what we do. It's our heart. God is always, even if we never use our gifts ever, he still loves us. And, yeah. and you can still rest in that. Like I will still be me, like be the person God created you to be the person that he made you. And that doesn't mean that it only shows if you use your gifts and what you do. It doesn't. That's, that's the bonus. That, that is the bonus where God wants to work with us and take us on an adventure and co-create with us. And that's the doing. And when you do that with him, then you have the things, the blessings that he wants to give you and bless you with. Um, and so I'm, I'm not the only person. A lot of people talk about it. That's like the bead you have. And so be the person to do the things to have the, have the blessings. And, um, and so when you're constantly aligned, um, consistently, I should say, aligned with God, then performance and striving, which is absolutely of the enemy um, and wants to manipulate and wants to always draw you back, right? Your flesh and your enemy, always, it's a daily, daily refinement that we have to do. So we don't allow our flesh to take over that. And, you know, and if you feel that, like that's, that's a pioneer, that is God calling his people out. So like, let's go, let's go make a new way. And, and the, the, the new way is always go pointing back to God. You know, he's always, he's always putting forerunners and people to, to go and pioneer new ways and in new places. But really it always is to draw him back to him. And so when we remember that, then it's like, yes, let's go because the time is precious and short and the time that we have on this earth, um, you know, on this side of heaven, we have to, we have to steward like it is very small, that it is very, it's, it's not going to last. It's not. Um, and that's that kingdom perspective that I think, um, well, we all, we all need to remind ourselves of, but I, I do think that a lot of people don't even think that way, you know, that the, the generations you know, and, and what, where, and when I leave, what is my legacy? And the legacy is not about me. The legacy is what God did through me. And again, it's all about God. And, and what I do today will absolutely impact my grandchildren and having that kingdom perspective. And when, I, when God says, move, move, don't question it. We don't have time for that. You know, if he's saying do something crazy, it's because there's an enemy coming at you and he knows it and he sees things we don't. So just do it. <laughs> you know, there's all these pivoting and the more you're aligned and the more you're getting renewed and the more that you're, that you're um, coming in, uh, coming into, um, you know, a, I mean, co-creation, but co in working with God, the, the quickness of spirit just starts coming and, and that discernment and, and all these things. And so when you say that, um, I think I even have in my, the, the anthology book, I talk about it is like when God's in your business, in your life, be ready. It's supernatural pace. 
I, I have it in there. It's a supernatural speed. And it's not like that's like, oh my gosh, I'm not ready or I'm, I'm overwhelmed. It's a supernatural pace that you can run because he's with you. But mm-hmm. look out, watch out. So make sure that your body's healthy, your mind is clear, your spirit strong. Like you got to make sure because he's going to take you on that. He wants to take you on that journey um, and that, and that adventure, but you got to be ready. And if you're not, he's limited. So we limit God. It's not the other way around. Yeah. Um, We limit, we limit God in our understanding. I shouldn't say we limit God. God can't be limited. Um, But yeah, so hundred percent, I think there's an acceleration that's happening, but it's God. God's doing it. He's the one that's accelerating it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I, I, like I said, I I sense that urgency, that urgency Mm -hmm. of, you know, now's the time, like you said, now's the time. Yeah. um, That we we don't, we have no guarantee of tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's been so fun getting to know you and hearing your background and how God's moved in your life. Is there any one thing that you would like to share, um, you know, any, any word of wisdom that you would give to somebody who's um, facing a hard time that, um, or just anybody that's like in a hiccup in their business or um, in their spiritual life, what would the one tool that you've used that um, you would be able to encourage somebody with? Um, I think I think the big thing that has to happen before you can do anything is, is giving yourself grace. Um, I think we don't do that enough. I, I, because the world, the world is going to constantly tell you what you should be doing or what you should be feeling or how you should act and um, what, what numbers you should be hitting. Um, You know, when you're sports, you know, you should be winning the championship or winning more games than you're losing. And, all those things, which maybe have its purpose and have, you know, again, a benchmark, like in a race, uh, you know, you don't stop at mile 10 when you're running a full marathon, but, yes. but don't sit there and focus on that. And, and it might take you a little longer than other people to get to that mile 10. It might take you longer to finish, finish, you know, finish the race of marathon in a way, but give yourself grace that you're just doing it. If you, if you are, have you stepped out in any capacity in your life to, um, be greater than you were yesterday and to chase the things that most would say is unattainable to chase God and follow him when it might look like the craziest thing to other people. Um, if you're doing those things, then you just give yourself grace and know that, that all that matters is your alignment with God and your relationship with him. And all those other things are just added bonuses and, and an added, an added fruit to your life. Um, that God wants to be with you in. Um, but to think that that's, that's the barometer for if you should be happy or not, or be joyful is where we, where people miss it. So I think giving yourselves grace and to, to be at peace with where God has you. Um, and if he, and if you feel you're at a place that God, you're not supposed to be, um, and you're not supposed to be doing, like if you're in a job that maybe it's security, but you know, in your heart of hearts, this is not where God has you. I also say, be bold and um, give yourself grace and, and be bold. Boldness is what changes the world. Boldness is what changes um, 
the trajectory of things, even if it's one degree. I always say that to people when I train them. It's like, you know, people thinking to do this crazy thing where you have to like go 180 or, or, you know, 20 degrees or, you know, a 360, whatever. Um, it's literally one degree. If you go one degree off, like the trajectory long-term is like, it, it completely is different. And I mean, I was a navigator in the military, so it also speaks to me of that, but um, <laughs> that it's just one simple thing. So if that one simple thing that you do to be bolder, um, you watch the fruit of it, watch the fruit of it. So I would say, give yourself grace and be bold and um, to always remember where everything comes from, you know, and, and Ecclesiastes, which I think so many people I hear different like interpretations of like what they feel, you know, it's like, it kind of is a sad book. Like, you know, Solomon is just like at the end of his days, he's like, everything's in it. But it actually is a really beautiful reminder of just how precious everything is and how worthless some of these things are, but how beautiful and wor and worthy God is. Um, and so I, I very much believe Ecclesiastes, if you're in business, if you're in all these things, just like recenter yourself on like what's important. And it, it's always God. It, it always is God. Um, and that's a, that's a simple answer that I know some be like, oh, yeah, I've heard that before. But read Ecclesiastes, like, um, <clears throat> you, you don't make the same mistake, the richest man in the world, and the wisest man in the world made even he made it and he was the wisest one, right. So but he did turn back and he did know his error of his ways. And he's telling us don't make the, the same mistakes I did. Um, and so I yeah, I, I love actually really every time I read Ecclesiastes, I always like want to laugh because it's just like this this tough love that we all sometimes need. Um, but it, it ultimately is pointing us back to God. So yeah, so grace, be, give yourself grace, be bold, and um, always remember it's about God. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for your words of wisdom and for sharing with us and being willing to be vulnerable and share your story and be a part of the podcast today. I've gotten a lot out of what you've said and just love the heart connection and just so blessed to have you here today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm really blessed and uh, just honored that you had me on um, for all the people that listen to you. It's just, um, it's the way we're supposed to be, right? God created us to be in community and to be connected the body. So I'm just grateful to have met somebody else in the body. So. Well, thank you so much. Yep. I don't know how to hey, before you go, make sure you click and subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. Also, make sure you go over to our Facebook group, Unstoppable Joy, your roadmap to a joy-filled life, where you can find other like-minded individuals who are also on their journey to finding a life of unstoppable joy. Click the link below or in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Be blessed.